Hello and welcome to GTFO, Grow Traffic Figures It Out. This is the digital marketing podcast brought to you by digital marketers extraordinaire, Grow Traffic. I am Hannah Weinhold, I'm a director of Grow Traffic and I'm joined by... Simon Dolly, also another director of Grow Traffic. Yes, so we have been let loose today. Rachel is normally with us and she's taking the kids to the park. So it's the two of us, so God knows what you're going to get. And and I'm wearing a headset today. So the sound (laughs) hopefully should be better, but I do feel a bit like Britney Spears. (laughs) And you look like her too. I've always looked like Britney Spears. Well, she looks like me, to be honest. She does, uh, the OG Britney. I think it's the beard. Um, So we're talking today about discounting. So if you listened last week to our podcast or you watched it last week, we gave you top five tips to make discounting work for your business or alternatively decide it doesn't work for your business. And today we're just going to have a little chat about whether or not discounting is actually a good idea for a business and when it's been done well and when it's been done badly. So Dali, tell me, do you like discounting for businesses? Um, by and large, I hate discounting. Uh, okay, strong then. <laughs> yeah, because I think it devalues um, the product and the service that, that you're offering. And I think it makes customers, potentially makes customers question um, why you are doing it. I think that there's some sectors where it's important to, to have a discounting strategy, such as retail and e-commerce. Um, but if, if we're talking about services, um, selling a service online or pr- promoting a service online, I generally would shy away from ever using discounting. Yeah, I think Dan um, on the on the chat on the Facebook group last week made such a good point that discounting is not fair to your current customers if you're service led, and this is where kind of the energy companies and phone companies get into hot water because hot water boom boom because they um, they discount for new customers. Uh, and then it, it alienates your existing customer base. Yeah. And it's totally unethical. I think I think it depends what what the reason is for doing it as well. Um, and sometimes there is a reason to discount. So in product uh, in a product environment, in retail and, and e-commerce, then you might be coming to the end of the line. You want to get rid of stock from shelves because you need to free up space. Uh, so that, that kind of makes sense in those perspectives but generally speaking most of the time um there's not a great reason to discount for a service where it is just a case of of time that you're selling and like you say ultimately it's the other customers that pay for it yeah absolutely and i think in in certain sectors within retail it's expected in fashion there are you know you have a summer sale and you have a christmas sale and you have an autumn winter sale when you're clearing out your stock and you need to get rid of the stuff that's no longer appropriate for the weather and won't be back in fashion again but i do think in some sectors of retail it's even not advisable then so we used to work with a luxury stroller brand and they launched into the market and immediately discounted and they still run quite heavy discounts and this is a high-end like I say luxury brand and I think that discounting on a luxury brand cheapens the brand and you see things like Burberry for example where they did a lot of discounting and they ended up getting ripped off a lot and it became a cheap brand because it was, you know, it became synonymous with chaps, didn't it? Um, 
And there are loads of reasons for that, but they've pulled it back because they've stuck to their pricing strategy and a very rarely discount. Um, but then with fashion, it's different because they'll destroy old stock rather than discount it off. It's just incredibly wasteful. I think, I think you've got to understand where you position yourself in the market and mm. think about it from the perspective of the QPS triangle. So the QPS triangle is the quality, price, and speed. Uh, speed is, is shorthand for also quality of kind of customer service really as well um, as the speed that you can actually deliver a product you can only really do two of those areas well so you can be low cost and high quality or reasonably high quality but it's going to take a lot longer to be delivered or you'll have no kind of uh, customer service or no interactions in that the time period it takes to, to get that product or service or you can be high quality and quick but then it's probably going to cost you a lot more you know in order to deliver it in that time so i think it's in and and, um what's the other one uh quick and um and cheap but it's going to be low quality so it's it's Mm -hmm. about understanding where you position yourself and why Uh, and like you say sticking to it as well um and you can you can do some discounting to kind of fit within that range i think but generally speaking i think it's a a slippery slope downwards and we've seen this in in grow traffic as well over the years yeah when we first set up um and and rachel i don't want to talk about rachel like she's not here and and bad mouthed but (laughs) i think it was a kind of confidence thing but i'm going to do it anyway um she was giving discounts without them having been asked for it was just a you know, she just discounted her prices because she felt like she wouldn't get the sale or she wouldn't get the business. She'd rather do it for cheaper and make sure she was growing the business than than you know put a set of stall on the on set of stall out and say this is how much I charge. And this is something that we see a lot, um, especially in with freelancers, especially in creative industries, because things in creative industries take a long time people you think oh no one's ever going to pay for that and so you automatically discount your services uh, or the time that it takes Mm. and therefore your product and it just you know you are massively underselling yourself and people attach a value to price like like you say if 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 it's if it's cheap people assume the quality is going to be low Mm. and it probably will be um, yeah, I think yeah. I mean, when we when we originally started Grow Traffic, the the pricing structure was based on um, the prices that that we were charging at a company called Two AM that I worked for, a, a design agency. We charged sixty pounds an hour, um, and I was really strict about it. Uh, and then, just over the years, it, it just kind of. Um, deteriorated slightly and um, I think I think you're right when Rachel kind of started coming on board as well she started doing the the invoicing and 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 started doing the quotes sorry and she started to just find herself feeling more comfortable because she was offering a discount but, but going back to what I was saying before about it being a slippery slope you find yourself starting at that 60 pound mark and then before you know it you don't know how it's happened but a couple of years later you're you're billing out at thirty-five pounds an hour, or or, or mm. less, or whatever it is, and and you've accidentally done it because you've thought you have to discount, and then because you've discounted that price, then you start applying discounts to discounts, and it's uh, it's a downward spiral, and, and and really, there's there's absolutely no need to discount a 
a service because it is just time. And if it is just time, the time is is what it is. Yeah, and it's but it's not just time, is it? It's skills and experience. You know, like I think this is where people struggle with discounts because they look at a service and they say, Oh, you know, it is just time. And if I went into you know, if you think minimum wage is kind of £8, £59 an hour, if I went into a shop and I started demanding £35, £40, £50, £60, whatever, an hour, people are going to laugh at me. But it's not just it's not just your time that you're selling. It's your experience. It's your level of service. It's the finished product. It's the value that you bake into that for the client at the end of it. So, And that's that can't be discounted. You can't discount your experience or you shouldn't. No, and um, I think, I mean, we are starting to move into a new phase, aren't we, of pricing, where we're starting to think about pricing maybe differently for different people um, Mm -hmm. with different skills. Um, Obviously, we're still keeping it simple at the moment, but that's, you know, we're having starting to have those conversations. And it's quite a normal thing when you look at a creative agency. They have their, their juniors that are charged at the base rate, kind of hourly rate, right the way up to their senior directors who charge often many multiples of what the, um, the those junior kind of execs um, charge out. And we'll find ourselves doing the same over time. And you're right. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't discount it. You could give somebody the option and say, well, do you want the account director to work on that? Or do you want your junior person to work on that? It's up to you. Yeah, I mean, hairdressers have been doing it like that for years. You pay, in decades, you pay much, much more for a senior stylist than you would do for the Saturday girl to hack at your hair with a with a spoon. So, um, or like me. Yeah, so I think... Do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does explain some things. I hear that Brittany does that as well. She does. She does. She does. <laughs> Under eyebrows. She definitely does. Like me. Yeah. I do them. <laughs> Go um, so yeah, so you know there are definitely values in discounting, and I think one of the dangers is if you do it all the time, it devalues the discount. Like for example, DFS. Yeah, the DFS sale. Uh, I mean, it's 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 the the obvious and the famous one, isn't it? Really, in terms of, mm. of discounting, that they was it the Boy Cross sale? Is that is that what they call it now or used to call it or is that something else no blue cross was debenhams wasn't was it, it? they only did the blue yeah they did the blue cross sale every year right. at christmas that was it yeah no, debenhams the, it's just the the dfs sale yeah the, constantly on. the dfs sale and let let's be honest um nobody buys those those furnitures at the full price uh, that, that those mm. furniture products at the at the full price that, that they have on everyone buys them at that sale price. I think it's a it's an interesting there's a there's a a, a law in terms of retail that um, the product has to be on sale for 28 days before mm. it can be discounted. Um, and I always wonder where they put their you know where does DFS put its products on sale for 28 days before it goes into the sale. They just must be hidden away at the corner of, uh, the, yeah. of a, a, you know, the the main kind of warehouse or something. I don't know. Don't know what they do. Well, have you ever been in a DFS? A long time ago, yeah. So it's in our sofas from DFS. Shout out to DFS. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's interesting because 
they, they, you know, put up all these sales on TV and you think, oh, you know, that sofa looks horrendous. I'll go and have a look, though, because it's probably going to be cheap. And actually, when you get in there, there's not very much in there that is cheap. But but you see some nice sofas and you end up spending a lot more than you intended to uh. because, you know, you they do it the other way. They put all the nice stuff out on display and hide the shit in the back. Right. Um, which is clever. And then, you know, you've... You buy the sofa and then you buy the footstool and then you see a chair and you buy the chair and, you know, it just seems so cheap and easy. Mm. And you think, oh, it's DFS, so there must be, it must be cheap because they're forever discounting. Yeah. Um, and there you go. And they, yeah. they sell on finance, don't they, as well? Um, yeah. Which is... Yeah, but you don't... Ha- you don't have to. You don't have to, but they very much want you to. So we, we just bought ours and they're very, very keen on you buying on finance you know they really want you to and obviously they do and it's it is interest free but they'll probably get kickbacks won't they in that well yeah i um so i used to work in the automotive industry and uh car sales and, and vehicle sales in general um the they make the money on the finance by and large yeah. and not the um the actual sale of the vehicle so generally that's that's where the money comes in so if you think about what they're actually doing then they you're best thinking about dfs as a loans company and not a furniture supplier and yeah. whatever discount they give you i mean they're they're charging a percentage interest on the total yeah, price yeah yeah exactly so you know discounting for dfs works but but would you go to them for a high quality sofa i don't think you would i i i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't go to them for a, a sofa at all to be honest but but that's just me um yeah i don't know where i get a sofa from dead relatives well i was just gonna say, yeah all, all of my furniture's from dead relatives yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's too cheap to go and buy a new sofa anyway no i know we've got we've got a storeroom full of of furniture that just needs to go somewhere I've got, I'm looking at this kind of keep keep walking past because it's, it's next to my office keep walking past this this old oak table that's like 200 years old i'm thinking that should really be out on display somewhere put it on a do a garage sale and discount it all to fuck <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, but but it is a joke, isn't it? Oh, you know, it's the DFS sale. And then when Mary Portis came, she went to Rotherham, and was it Sophology or something that she? There's a big Sophology in Rotherham. Is there? Uh, yeah, and she came to Rotherham and did quite a lot on the high street there. And part of it was setting up this sofa shop, and um, and she said, never ever ever discount, don't ever discount, and they never do. You know, you go in, you pay what you pay what you see on the you know on the ticket and that's it yeah so i think that works a lot better okay so so if you were a service business and you why would you be tempted by a di- by doing discounts for a service business um i mean it, it's one of the it's one of the motivators isn't it is is price uh and and also when it comes to discounting you tend to find that a sale it's not just the amount that you take off it's the limited time that the sales available for so it's creating a sense of urgency about the the purchase decision it's making somebody say right i need to buy it now within this this window otherwise it's going to cost me you know 100 pounds more whatever it is yeah 
Plus, people will spend apparently 66% more um, if they think that they're getting a good deal. You know, if something's on sale, they'll spend much more than they were intending to because they feel like it's a much better deal. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what, what supermarkets do, isn't it? So they, they often do the kind of... Um, not two for ones, but they'll do two for X amount of, of money. And when you work it out, it's it's 10 pence less than it, it would have been if you just, you know, bought them um, normally. But because you think you're getting a deal, you end up putting two in instead of one. And suddenly and you do that on every aisle and you keep going along and suddenly your your basket value has gone dramatically up. And that's what they they look to do, increase the basket value of the customer going around. Yes. There was a Sainsbury's campaign, wasn't there? A few Christmases ago, they made a boo-boo and accidentally put the the back room, the staff room poster up in public. Right. And it said, get your customers to spend an extra 50p this Christmas. So the whole thing was that they wanted every customer to spend one like 50p extra per transaction and they'd make like millions more. Yeah. And it is just that that whole kind of small increments to to your basket value that that they work on yep. um and we've all done it you go into a shop and you you see it like something's on offer and you weren't going to buy that that's not what you went for and you buy it anyway um but so i think services as well i think it i think discounts can work for services if they are um launching something new and they want to create a bit of a buzz about it so, for example, you might decide that you're going to launch a new element of your service and for you do a flash sale. So, for example, you do, you know, 20% for the next five customers or whatever. The problem that you've got there is getting them onto the proper price eventually. Um, you know, they're always going to want that discount. So increasing the price at the end of the, of the term or whatever, that's where you get into hot water. Um, one thing that we did that worked really well was introducing a discount based on the longevity of the contract. So obviously for us, we are a service-led business. We work on recurring revenue. We want customers to be with us for longer because for, for our business, it makes sense. It builds in um, stability. But also for the customers, it makes sense because longevity is dead important in SEO. So we introduced a 10% discount on 12-month contracts, which has worked really really well to especially in the early days to just stabilize our cash flow yeah i think it did you know it worked really well but i think we've also grown more confident in ourselves uh, and grown beyond that because because i mean when i'm quoting out i very rarely even think about a discount i just think it is what it is and and you know even 12 months 24 month contract whatever we're going to offer them they pay what they pay because that's the hours that we're going to work saying that when um originally way back when i uh used to have a discount for websites um and they gave them a 10 percent discount if they included the grow traffic link in the footer it was part of the mm -hmm. the conditions um and i did that for about three years i think uh, before i just decided that that every website that we built had to have our, our link in the footer. Yeah, and I think most people do that. It wouldn't ever occur to me to not put our link in the footer of a website um, when we're building it out because it always just says, you know, built and managed by. Yeah. And I think most people found it. Well, most people do, but there, there are certain businesses out there where um, 
they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be seen as as in that light. It somehow affects their brand, or they they think it might do. I suppose for like financial sector and that they've got to be so careful, haven't they, with what they do um, on their website um, and stuff. So that's probably somewhere along those lines. If it, you know, if it affects compliance. Um, so yeah, and I think that's one really interesting thing about discounting as a business. There's got to be a time limit on it because your business will evolve, your sector will evolve, your confidence will grow, and you'll you will start to win the sorts of customers that you want, not that you need, um, in order to grow your business. And so, if you have a perpetual discount and everyone's expecting it, there's no room in there for you to grow. Yeah. Um, and also, if you're discounting to get clients. If you're discounting, you know what you want your price to be. You're not just setting your prices low. You've discounted from a, from your kind of optimum price. And therefore, it's very difficult to win the sorts of clients that will pay that price because they're wanting to pay cheaper. And there's always someone who's going to be cheaper than you. Always in whatever service you do, there will always be somebody cheaper than you, just like there'll always be someone more expensive than you. Yeah, I think I think. Looking back at my time as a marketing, um, an in-house marketing professional, I would go to a business with a, a budget. This is my budget. There is no, I don't, I don't want to talk about discounting because that's the budget that I've got to spend. You don't need to sell me any further because that's, mm. that's all it is. So just tell me what I'm going to get. And I start, and, and for me, and I think this is maybe because I came from that kind of automotive industry and I saw some of the sales techniques like the Pendle sales technique and, and how they how they make the customer feel like they're going through a process, they're getting discounts when really they were always going to get that discount in the end anyway. And mm. I think I I react negatively to discounts because of that. I hate time-based discounts it's, it's something that I, I just I, I kind of refuse to engage with with discounts like that um that because I, I just I just think it's um disingenuous or unethical or or however you want to look at it but maybe that's because of that automotive background maybe it's because mm. I'm a marketer and I I know I understand it why it's why they're doing it I don't know Yes, probably. Whereas I love a discount. I'm an absolute sucker for it. And I will spend, my nan once said I'd spend an absolute fortune on bargains. I will just throw my money at anything that looks like it's discounted, whether I want it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm a moron. So, yeah. So there are some um, benefits to it, certainly. And I think it does benefit. It is expected in some um, sectors. What would you say are the best ways that if you wanted to offer a discount and, you know, if you want top five tips, head over to last week's episode. But, Dali, using your kind of experience, is there any way you can do discounting that's that's beneficial to your company? I think what you said before about launching a product or launching a service or taking it to a new audience or a new market, um, I've been successful with discounting in those uh, kind of scenarios. Um, also, something often if you're going to say somebody else's uh, list, their email list, maybe you're doing a soulless email, then sometimes that's a good way to 
um, to attract people because the only thing you've got is the subject line to to grab their attention. So sometimes using a price based kind of approach is 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 a good way to go about it. But I I always advise customers against um, doing a discount in either way. So I try to steer anyone away from that, and it wouldn't be wouldn't be the first place that I go to. I just think that by and large for service businesses, get your pricing model right to start off with, understand your pricing model. That's such an important thing, isn't it? We did a session a few um, weeks ago yep. with a with a pricing strategist and, and the main question that she kept asking us was, how do you know what the market is charging? Because they might put the prices on the website, but you don't know that that's what you'd actually get if you rung up. You don't know what that level, what that level of service that price is based on. You don't know how they've come to that price. You don't know what their profit is. So don't, you know, just kind of do a drive by of your competitors and look at what they're charging. Think really about the level of experience and quality that you're bringing to your service and how much you need to make on it. Because there's absolutely no point being in business if you're not making enough um, and you need to discount in order to get people to buy from you. So get your pricing strategy right and have the courage to stand by your prices and say, this is what it is, I'm sorry. And if people want to pay, you know, if people don't want to pay it, then they're not the customers for you. And most people will will kind of take it as reassurance that you that you know what you're talking about if your prices are high. Um, someone said on a LinkedIn post that I put out yesterday, I put out like five things I've learned in business. And someone said, up your prices. And then when you've done that, double them. Because yep. it it takes as much work to make a hundred thousand as it does to make a million, and people will pay. So, do you know what? It's, it's really it's really interesting. So, so what? Going back to the beginning of Grow Traffic, when we charged sixty pounds an hour, and we got ourselves into this this thing, and we 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 did, didn't we? We accidentally ended up with a much lower hourly rate. Um, and I remember, I, I I remember you and I having that conversation about increasing them. I think we increased them to fifty pounds, and then to sixty, and yeah. and and now we're on seventy five. And I was thinking about it when we were having that pricing conversation. Something that I'd never done was was look at um, what inflation kind of made mm. that sixty pounds in two thousand and ten. When I set that sixty pounds, what does that make it now? And it, mm. it was £78 <laughs> in really? real terms. So that's that's what we should have been charging to, to just stay still. That's such a good point. Yeah, inflation. Yeah, exactly. Well, we should do a, a session on that's, pricing. Yeah, we're, we're going somewhere different now. We're talking about pricing yeah. in general, aren't we? But I think it I think it's important because it's it comes it talk you know, it's all part of that kind of margin um aspect of, of business as well understand your 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 actual margin and and what you're going to pro, uh, charge because if you're dis if you don't understand it you don't understand you don't even understand what you can discount in the first place so you you probably end up quite often if you you know if you knock 20 percent off or whatever you you might find you're actually making a loss you're actually doing it you're paying somebody else to do it yeah, yeah, we talked about this last week where um, people always grossly overestimate their profit margins because, you know, they fail to take into account things like petrol or um, your server and stuff like that. Um, and and therefore, you know, if your profit margin is 
15% and you do a 20% discount, you fucked it. So, um, yeah, like one of the tips from last week was know your numbers. Otherwise, don't even think about discounting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Is there anything else that you want to say? Don't discount if you if you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, and, and, you are- and even if you do, sorry, even if you do discount now, um, constantly think to yourself, you know, um, do I still need to discount? Mm. Yeah. One of the tips from last week as well was have an end date on it and and make sure that you review it. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. Brilliant. Thank you very much to everybody who's listening. You can go over to our Facebook group, which is, uh, sorry, our Facebook page, which we'll put the link in the show notes and get involved in the conversation there. You can watch back all of our previous GTFOs. You can listen to us on all the places where you get your podcasts. Uh, Go to our website. We'll put all the links in the show notes and we'll be back next week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.